Not a matter of if, but when a crisis could turn your world upside down. I'm Rashini Rajkumar, crisis strategist, licensed attorney, and host of The Crisis Files. In each case file, we explore a real crisis or a rip from the headlines controversy. My crisis squad and I are here to find solutions. Our suggestions are meant to empower you to handle your own crisis or prevent crises from happening. We do not provide legal, financial, medical, or PR advice for particular situations, but strongly recommend you seek out professionals to help your specific need. Today, Crisis Squad member Jennifer Hellman is here. She is CEO of Golf Public and a public relations professional who helps businesses and nonprofits. And no stranger to sticky PR issues, Brian McClung, co-CEO and senior principal at Park Street Public. Brian has an extensive background in public relations, politics, and journalism. They join me for the case file I call, You Said What? Here we go. A company finds itself in the crosshairs of a PR firestorm, affecting not just its public image, but also its bottom line. Some examples, Peloton, now facing a financial crisis after a series of PR and management missteps. Flashback to Burger King and International Women's Day. Ulta Beauty's YouTube video featuring influencer Dylan Mulvaney, who identifies as transgender. Jen, let's start with Peloton, a company that proves you can be up and then quickly fall down. They were sure having their day in the sun during the pandemic. They were selling as many exercise machines as they could. There was a waiting list. Everyone was exercising at home and using Peloton, and they were enjoying fabulous success. And then it started to turn for them, just like it will turn for any business, right? Everything has its ups and downs, and you have to anticipate that. Peloton started out with having great brand recognition, loyal customers, trust with their main audiences, and then began a series of missteps. It started in the spring with a defect on their treadmill that was actually sucking children and pets and things underneath. There was a video that went viral that's very disturbing to watch and elicits quite an emotional reaction from people. And Peloton waited to tell people. Even when they came up with a potential fix that would have allowed the machine to lock, then they charged people an extra fee per month to be able to use it. Then came the unfortunate plot twist in the Sex and the City reboot called And Just Like That, where Mr. Big, one of the popular characters, has a heart attack and dies after using Peloton, which then caused the stock to drop immediately the next day. And that's a really unexpected, like, who would have even expected that was in there? It was taped a long time before. And then that happened. Except it came out that Peloton allowed them to use their brand. Now, apparently they didn't know about all the plot points, but they had some idea that they were going to be in the story. But then having the main character die, not good. Not but why good. weren't they asking the question? Right. right. You should have script approval. So I mean, if you're going to do that. Like some of these things, I guess now after the fact, seem so preventable. But Brian and Jen, you two are PR pros. What are some of the things you say to clients when they want to do any kind of campaign? Well, for the example of Sex and the City, you better be sure how your product is being used, for one. I mean, the risk assessment is so critical. They knew that it was going to be a high-profile show. 
they should have asked what was going to happen. Like, with will their someone product. die? Right. Exactly. <laughs> now we know to ask that question. Will someone die after using my product? Do you think, though, with their fabulous success, that they got complacent Probably. during COVID? Yeah. I mean, that's got to be your best guess is that Peloton's thinking everybody loves us. All of our instructors are now celebrities. They're like the only people you can interact with since no one's leaving their homes. Of course, this is just going to be a wonderful thing for us. But that can happen to any company or any product where you're riding high, you assume that people only have the best intentions, it's going to be fine. So it's a good warning, right? It's a good reminder that you've got to ask those questions And good PR tactics and things that you're constantly advising your clients, respond early, respond often, be accurate, be truthful, be transparent. Those things didn't really happen here for Peloton. No. And we know that it takes a lot of time and effort and consistency to build a strong reputation and to earn people's trust. And that can all go away overnight. So they started out in a position of having the advantage of having that trust. But I think the big misstep in the beginning was the recall. When something like that happens, Peloton should be saying, our number one priority is to our consumers and making sure that they're safe. And when something like this happens, everyone's going to say, what did Peloton know? When did they know it? And when did they tell us? And did they charge us to become safe? I mean, that really is the crux for me. So then September 2022, resignation of the company's co-founders, both of them from their executive roles. October of 2022, 500 people laid off. Now, this is the fourth round of layoffs in 2022. So this is one of these things where six quarters in a row so far, they're reporting losses. Brian, does this company go under? Is there any hope? They're in danger, I'd say. And I think in part, it's, you know, like we're talking about, it's that complacency. So when they were riding high, rather than figuring out how to innovate, how to grow market share, they just assumed people were going to keep buying their bikes and treads. So now they find themselves in this position where there's a lot of competition in the marketplace. They should have anticipated that other companies would see what they were doing and come in and do it cheaper and differently. Well, in a way, Jen, the vultures now are Mm -hmm. taking advantage of Peloton situation. I know of a lot of people who are still pretty loyal to Peloton. So what is kind of your best practice for what would you advise if you're sitting there with the marketing team and the CEO? Well, they need to start rebuilding. So you're saying, you know, a lot of people that are still loyal to the brand. First of all, focus on them. Make sure that you still have them. What do you need to be telling them to keep them loyal? How do you start rebuilding that trust? And then they need to just do good marketing, right, where they're looking at the new segments. Now that people are back out in the world, they're going back to clubs. What is it that's going to attract people to Peloton? What's most important and appealing about the brand? And then just doing straight up good marketing. And they have a great base to work from. I mean, they have 1.9 million followers on Instagram. Peloton is more than just exercise equipment. It is its own brand and identity. And so they do still, I think, have enough goodwill that they can recover from that if they're doing the things that Jen's talking about, you know, solidifying your base and then figuring out how to right. grow beyond So they that. have some things they can do to not be a victim like Thighmaster or Zumba's. All right. So <laughs> right. Let's... But it is like death by a thousand cuts, yes. right? Yes. And they they have close to a thousand. So they need to just start <laughs> yes. being really careful right. and strong and bold going forward right. and making sure that they're really be- assessing their risk. Authentic and transparent. All right, Brian, let's take a little walk down memory lane to, I believe, 2020 when Burger King, in conjunction, or it happened to be the bad timing, International Women's Day, they tweet, women belong in the kitchen. 
Yeah, so I have this in a slideshow that I do. So when we're talking about some of these missteps, it really came to mind for me. It's just an example I try to share with our clients and others about don't get too cute on social media. There's a time and a place, but oftentimes you see brands doing this like Burger King UK's you know misstep on International Women's Day. I mean, they're trying to have a twist on it. Women belong in the kitchen. And then like underneath it, it's like as chefs, is this. Yeah, we I, need more chefs right? in like, our kitchen. This thing, like, great, of course, right? But all the people see is that like misogynistic And that's a double statement. entendre that's not something new. No. That's a bad line for many people. It's just, it's a trigger point, right? And so a lot of brands also like to get cute on social media on holidays where they like to associate their brand with whatever that holiday is, just don't, right? I remember there was a brand that tweeted something around like Pearl Harbor Day. Okay, Pearl Harbor Day, right? One of those tragic days in the history of the country. There's no little cute twist on your brand and Pearl Harbor Day. So this is just a reminder for folks from, you know, as you think about these things, there's a time and a place. And if you're not a professional comedian, maybe don't don't try to lean into that. We are a society of headline readers. Almost no one reads the explanation. So if you have to explain it, you're losing. They only gave us a headline and the headline was wrong. And it made everyone jump to the wrong conclusion. Even if you get into the explanation, they're setting up a scholarship fund for women to get into culinary culinary arts. But they spent more on the New York Times full page ad than they did putting money into the scholarship fund. So you also have to question their intent with that. All right. Here's one that is basically breaking October 2022. And this is Ulta Beauty and their campaign, The Beauty Of. And in this campaign, they talk about different topics. And this particular episode is a YouTube video that has gone viral and it's getting a lot of backlash. So in it, according to TMZ, which is where I'm getting my information, good or bad, I'm getting it from TMZ. Ulta tried promoting inclusivity by posting a clip of a transgender woman discussing femininity in a new digital campaign called The Beauty Of. Influencer Dylan Mulvaney, who is transgender, and gender-fluid celebrity hairstylist David Lopez are talking in this episode. This has set off calls for a boycott, and even though Ulta is saying it has no boundaries, beauty has no boundaries, negative comments on their social media saying things like, Dylan Mulvaney is actually a man, because in this episode, talking about girlhood and femininity. Here's Ulta's official response, and I'd love both of your takes, Brian and Jen, on this. Ulta says, we believe beauty is for everyone. And while we recognize some conversations we host will challenge perspectives and opinions, we believe constructive dialogue is one important way to move beauty forward. The intersectionality of gender identity is nuanced, something David and Dylan acknowledge themselves within the episode. Regardless of how someone identifies, they deserve respect. I like their response. Brands need to be very, very clear about their values and what they stand for. And that needs to be their guiding lights. If you're very clear about who you are as a company, it can help you weather any storm. It will help you in a crisis because you make your decisions based on those values. You message based on those values and then you can't go wrong. Brands like Ulta, if one of their values is that beauty is for everyone, that we want to challenge perspectives and opinions, then they're right to be bold and to do something like this. They know backlash is going to come. That's okay. That's how we have these tough conversations and how we move them forward. 
But as long as you're really clear about who you are, that helps you when the heat is up when something like this happens. Right. And Brian, not going tit for tat with any of the haters on social media. So they put out really positive, constructive statements officially. Yeah, their response is good. I mean, this is kind of how we would advise clients to respond. What are your values? Why does this matter to you? What are you trying to say? I think it's really interesting, that, particularly in the beauty space, and it reminds me of a conversation I was having with Houston White, who's a North Minneapolis entrepreneur. I was at Houston's shop, and he was showing me he's working on a new beauty line, and it speaks to what Ulta is trying to do here, in that he said, when you go into Target, The most segregated part of the store is beauty. You have products for men, products for women, products for African-American people, products for... He's like, it's crazy. This is the last place where we are separating ourselves out like that. And so he's actually working on a new beauty product line that gets rid of all of those boundaries. That is just, this is a product that everyone should use in the morning. This is a product everyone should use in the afternoon. And I think that's the same idea that Ulta's trying to express here is like, these are for everyone. We're not trying to segment out what we mean by beauty and what we mean by how we take care of ourselves. You know, they seem to be leaning into that idea. And one thing I will say as a crisis strategist is I'm always concerned about risk. Risk for my client, how does this look? What are the optics? But risk can actually be good if we're trying to either reinvent or really move forward the conversation. Right. I don't know that this is a crisis. If it was intentional on their part to start the conversation and to push some of those boundaries, they've achieved it. What do you say about this threat of boycotts? Do they say, well, we don't really care about those customers? Well, it's there's so many people calling for boycotts on so many things now. It doesn't have the weight that it had once upon a time, I think. Certainly, maybe some customers are turned off and they buy into that and and all that. But yeah, at any given time, you know, probably half the products in the world are being boycotted. So I don't think most brands are not going to be too concerned about that. I mean, you have some people that are looking for controversy because it drives attention, right? And it might drive a new audience to them, too. I mean, I know the people said, like, if you don't have people that are picketing outside of my new movie, then go find some because I want that attention. There is that sense of sometimes if you're pushing the envelope, as long as you're doing it, like Jen was describing, in a way that aligns with your values and it makes sense, then it's okay to have people who are upset. I mean, my friends own Devil's Advocate Restaurant in downtown Minneapolis. And when they opened in Stillwater, they did have some people who were not happy because it's devil is in the name. They're like, great, please come protest. So people <laughs> wonder what's happening and then we'll see. Right. You know, what As our they values say, no be- media is bad media, right? Sure. Well, it has been so fun talking with the two of you. We'll have to have you back together. Thanks to Crisis Squad member Jennifer Hellman and our guest Brian McClung from Park Street Public. Today's Crisis Brief brought to you by Minneapolis Regional Chamber. Number one, be clear about your values. They are your guiding lights. Number two, if you have to explain it, you're losing. Number three, Controversy sometimes can move the conversation forward and be an advantage. The Minneapolis Regional Chamber is a proud sponsor of the Crisis Files podcast. The Minneapolis Regional Chamber is the area's most active business advocacy organization, playing a critical role in top issues impacting the region, including workforce development, education, housing, and transportation. Make your voice heard by becoming a member of the Minneapolis Regional Chamber. Learn more at mplschamber.com or Google Minneapolis Regional Chamber. Thank you to my podcast co-producers, Tom Hamilton of Undertone Music and Kim Inslee. Catch up on all our case files. 
Go to thecrisisfiles.com for our archive, plus special video elements. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel on thecrisisfiles.com. Follow The Crisis Files on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Roshini Rajkumar. Join me next time on The Crisis Files.